Hello and welcome back to another episode of 20 Minute Fitness. This is episode number 12. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode, the interview with Matt Bosker, a good friend of mine. If you haven't already listened to it, he has miraculously lost um, 40 pounds of body fat in two months, which is absolutely incredible. So definitely go and listen to that podcast to hear about how he did this. Um, In this edition, we are going to discuss gut bacteria and its relationship or its connotation with um, weight loss and obesity and the way we can fix our gut bacteria to better boost the fat loss um, effect or fat fat burning effect. And thank you very much to Jackie Curry, one of our listeners who actually suggested for us to cover this um, topic. And if you would like to ask any of us any questions or suggest a topic or give us any feedback, please do email us at 20minutefitnesspodcast at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get into the show. And we're back. So we know why people gain weight. We know why people end up obese. The main causes of this condition are all too familiar. An unhealthy diet, a sedentary lifestyle, spending too much time being inactive, not getting out and moving, and perhaps some unlucky genes. In recent years, however, researchers have become increasingly convinced that important hidden players lurk in the human bowels, and this is billions and billions of gut microbes. New evidence actually suggests that gut bacteria alter the way we store fat, how we balance levels of glucose in the blood, and also how hungry we feel or how full we are. The wrong mix of microbes, it seems, can help set the stage for obesity and diabetes from the moment of birth. So looking more into this, an early hint that gut microbes might play a role in obesity came from a study which compared intestinal bacteria in obese and lean individuals. In this study of twins who were both lean or both obese, researchers found that the gut community in lean individuals was much more diverse. They described it as a sort of rainforest brimming with many different species, but the community in obese individuals was less diverse, more like um, you know, a very few dominant species present there. Lean individuals, for example, tended to have a wider variety of bacteroides than obese individuals. A large this is sorry, bacteroides are a large tribe of microbes that specialize in breaking down bulky plant starches and fibers into shorter molecules that the body can then use as a source of energy. But now a growing body of research suggests that your internal community of bacteria, otherwise known as microbiota, could be influencing your metabolism and, subsequently, your weight. For example, um, having a greater uh, abundance of a recently discovered type of bacteria, which I won't even attempt to announce, but we will link the study to in the show notes on our blog page, um, has actually been associated with being slim, while having less of the bacteria is linked to being obese. And this study is in the journal Cell. So 
How much you have is partially determined by genetics, says the lead author, Julia Goodrich, and she's a graduate student at Cornell University. But the good news is that most of us harbour the bacteria, and it was detected in 96% of the study samples, and it may actually be possible to alter our levels to help bring our weight down. Um, So yeah, if you're interested in that study, I will link it in the show notes. Um, And moving on to another study which sort of suggests that our gut bacteria can actually affect the rate at which we lose weight or how much body fat we hold in general. Um, If we look at a study conducted by Jeffrey Gordon, the director of the Center for Genome Sciences and Systems Biology at the Washington University School of Medicine, he was one of the first researchers to link intestinal bacteria and obesity. And his study in 2013 found that many people have 70% more, sorry, many lean people have more than 70% more gut bacteria and obviously therefore more diverse microbiota than those who are overweight. And research shows that people in the United States, where there is a high rate of obesity, have less diverse gut microbes than people from less developed countries. So exactly how bacteria and our microbiota is influencing our weight isn't yet known, but many researchers believe that your gut microbiota plays a role in processing the food and helping to determine how many calories and nutrients your body absorbs from that food. So certain intestinal microbes may also um, alter your sensitivity to insulin, and we've talked about insulin sensitivity in previous podcasts and our body composition series, and the insulin um, hormone moves sugar out of your blood so that your body burns fat it would have otherwise stored. Interestingly, interestingly as well, sorry, your gut bacteria might also affect how hungry you are and how hungry you get. One key microbe, and I'll probably pronounce the name wrong, appears to be Helicobacter pylori, and this bacterium is involved in causing ulcers and stomach cancer. Uh, The prevalence of it in the American digestive tract has been reduced thanks to healthier or better hygiene, sort of a better hygiene all round and um, anti-antibiotics. But um, according to Blazer, who is the author of a new book called Missing Microbes, this uh, bacteria in particular is also dials back the stomach's production of the hunger hormone ghrelin. So... When you wake up in the morning and you're hungry, it's because ghrelin is telling you to eat, says Martin Blazer. And when you eat your breakfast, your level of ghrelin usually goes down. But if you don't have the helicobacter in your system, because the helicobacter is actually toning down the, the production of the ghrelin hormone, um, if you don't have it, uh, you may not become full and therefore you could eat more and obviously add more calories into your day and potentially put on more weight. So whilst some of your gut bacteria is determined by genetics, your lifestyle and your dietary habits can have a dramatic impact on the the diversity of your microbiota. A study in the journal Nature, and again, all of these studies will be linked in the show notes on our ShapeScale blog podcast section, found that when people switched from their normal diet to one consisting primarily of meat and cheese, 
there was an almost immediate increase in bilophila. And bilophila is a type of bacteria that has been linked to colitis. And another explanation, colitis is an inflammatory bowel disease that causes inflammation in the digestive tract. But if you follow a plant-based diet, this decreased the levels. So I threw this example in just to show that our gut bacteria can influence um, many different um, health aspects for us. And so we shouldn't necessarily shrug off the fact that they could have a link to our weight and the way in which we lose weight. Some studies demonstrate that high fat diets can actually adversely affect your gut flora and promote inflammation and weight gain. So it's important to know that um, the type of fat you eat matters. Uh, Most of the studies are focused on diets that incorporate high levels of inflammatory sort of refined omega-6 oils like soybean oil. And one way in which people actually say to um, make sure your gut flora is flourishing, flourishing, sorry, and diverse is to avoid these omega-6 vegetable oils and, and things like that, the sort of high inflammatory oils and focus on your omega-3 fats and your monounsaturated fats. So your extra virgin olive oil, your avocados, your almonds and things like that, uh, because unlike the omega-6, they do not promote the growth of bad bugs, which then cause weight gain. This is the key thing, actually, when if you're trying to fix your bacteria, if you're trying to fix your gut flora and your microbiota and make it a more diverse rainforest of different species, then you want to readjust your diet and focus on your diet again. So primarily, you want to be focusing on eating a lot of fiber. This is the number one thing you can do, according to Justin Sonnenberg. And Justin is an assistant professor of microbiology and immunology at Stanford University. Apparently, the fiber nourishes your microbes, making them more diverse. And this in turn helps to keep you slim. So in other words, avoid the temptation of buying processed foods. From previous episodes, you also know that processed foods have uh, a less... um, metabolic effect when you eat them of then sort of whole grain nutritional foods and instead you should eat things like vegetables fruits and whole grains and aim for at least two to three servings each of these Uh, these foods provide prebiotics which are essentially a type of fiber that your gut bacteria flourishes on so things like sunchokes garlic leeks they're all packed with prebiotics And bananas and other sort of whole wheat cereals are also other good sources. Again, looking at your diet and how that can help you sort of um, create this rainforest is by snacking smarter. So on average, we consume more than 22 teaspoons a day of sugar. And this could actually be starving our gut flora. Bacteria need complex carbohydrates, so your legumes, your whole cereals and things like that, your whole grains, sorry, in order to thrive. So when you get too many calories from sweets, you're leaving your microbes hungry. They'll either die or adapt by feeding on the mucus inside your intestine. And experts actually hypothesize that um, this could contribute to low level inflammation and that has been linked to obesity. So 
My advice would be instead of going for that cookie when you start, your stomach starts grumbling because of ghrelin, uh, reach for a handful of nuts or an apple. I definitely suggest checking out our blog called The Science Behind Cravings. We tell you all about hedonic hunger, otherwise known as cravings, and how to um, how to make sure you don't give in to the craving by all sorts of little hacks and things like that, and actually helping you understand why you have these cravings for sugar. Um, he also recommends, this is um, Justin Sonnenberg again, checking labels for hidden sugars in foods, so like your pasta sauces and things, where you wouldn't traditionally think there'd be a lot of sugar packed into it. The next tip to boost your microbiota and make it as uh, diverse as possible is to pick probiotic foods. So a nifty little sort of um, comparison, if prebiotics, which you can get, as I said, from garlic, leeks, things like that, if prebiotics are the fertilizer for your microbial garden, probiotics are like the seeds. The best way is to, to get them, sorry, is by regularly eating fermented foods. So your yogurts, your kefir, and uh, that is a fermented milk drink, sauerkraut, miso. Um, and in particular, I want to emphasize yogurts. That appears to be the star. A uh, landmark study in the New England Journal of Medicine reported that among all foods studied, yogurt was the one that was most strongly correlated with weight loss. The average person gained almost a pound a year, but people who regularly ate yogurt lost weight. Um, and I would suggest choosing plain Greek yogurt with a high protein content um, and adding things like your pomegranate seeds, your raspberries, your blueberries, things like that for some added fiber. Um, another tip they give is simply, you know, a tip you know you need to st stick by, which is to move your body. Your bacteria will actually, potent well, potentially will benefit from a good workout as much as you will. Exercises with a normal BMI had a more diverse microbe uh, or microbiota than exercises with a high BMI. And that was a study um, which sort of revealed these results conducted on Irish male rugby players. They also had higher levels, another bacterium, which I'm not going to try and attempt to uh, pronounce, but it will be in the show notes again, and the transcript, I'll put it in there somewhere. But um, that basically, they had higher levels of another bacterium that had been linked to lower obesity rates. So get out, get moving, work hard, start sweating, and build up this uh, tropical rainforest of different bacteria for your microbiota if you want to have the healthiest um, gut flora to aid weight loss and things like that. Supplement smartly. So beyond the numerous benefits, including inflammation reduction, studies find that omega-3 fatty acids, so your, you know, your fish oil tablets, um, can support healthy gut flora. You should try and supplement with an essential fatty acid formula if you're not regularly eating your oily, um, your oily wild-caught fish. Um, and we already talked about in our previous episodes the other amazing benefits of fish oils and omega-3 supplements. So that would probably be my number one supplement recommendation. And we've already mentioned, but remove inflammatory fats. So 
try and replace them with things like I said, like extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, things like that. So just to summarise some of what we've just heard, gut flora change how much the effect of gut flora and your gut, your bacteria in your guts can have on your body is that they can change how much energy you get from food. Some people waste a lot of the calories they get from food because their gut bacteria are really inefficient. Whilst if you look after your gut bacteria, if you fix them, if you eat right and exercise, you'll be able to get so much more from the food you take in. Gut bacteria also affect inflammation and As I've just said before, inflammation drives fat accumulation. So you want to keep inflammation down, avoid those omega-6 fats um, and, you know, stick with those healthy omega-3 and monounsaturated fats. They can also affect hunger and fullness, we've discussed, with the hunger hormone ghrelin and they can affect insulin sensitivity and metabolic health. And we'll just finish with another study which sort of backs up the fact that um, fixing your gut bacteria is becoming an actual viable way for people to adapt their diet. So researchers enrolled 62 participants who all had large waist circumferences and they were instructed to follow either the new Nordic diet, which is dark greens, berries, whole grains, or the average Danish diet, which is lean meat, eggs, lettuce, coffee, but no grains. And they were grouped based on how much of two different types of bacteria they had, Prevotella and Bacteroides, that they had in their gut. The two diets vary greatly in the amount of fibre you consume, and we know fibre is key. And with the new, obviously the new Nordic diet being much more fiber rich, they're having a lot of berries, whole grains, things like that. So participants followed this diet or these various diets for 26 weeks and their body measurements were taken before and after. So after this period, all the participants followed the new Nordic diet for another year. The results showed that uh, those who followed the new Nordic diet lost more body fat than those with the same ratio of the two bacteria following the average Danish diet. So in this study, um, the individuals that were following the new Nordic diet for the 26 weeks lost an average of 3.5 kilograms, whereas the others following the average Danish diet lost an average of 1.7 kilograms. So what weight loss was an average 1.8 kilograms greater for the new Nordic diet, the one very high in um, fiber. And this also uh, shows that having a high proportion of Prevotella bacteria led to weight loss or was had a strong connotation with weight loss, which is very interesting. So how can you get your bacteria taken to know if you've got a diverse flora so how can you get your sample taken to see if you've got a diverse gut microbiota well you can get a stool sample taken and that way you'll be able to find out your bacteria ratio and adjust your diet accordingly Um, obviously it's advisable to see any doctor before making any drastic changes thank you very much again to jackie for suggesting this topic it was very interesting for me i hadn't really considered this uh when thinking about weight loss and obesity rates and things like that. Definitely something that will be very exciting to see more research on in the future. 
and I hope you all learned something. Sorry I couldn't pronounce some of the names of these uh, long bacterium, but as I said, check out the show notes and we'll have links to the research. Thank you very much for listening.